0: Well, in our very divided, polarized, contentious and mean-spirited cultural and political climate, we need a Mr. Rogers, don't we? We need that soothing voice, those words, and that song of a person like Mr. Rogers. Unfortunately, Mr. Rogers died February 27 in 2003 We need Mr. Rogers, but we can't have the Mr. Rogers. There's only one Mr. Rogers. But I think we can have the spirit of Mr. Rogers. So, how do we do that? We can have the spirit of Mr. Rogers by putting on the sweater of Mr. Rogers. You want to sing along? It is a beautiful day in his neighborhood. Nisi, will you help me zip my sweater? I like you. <laughs> I rock a sweater like Mr. Rogers. I'm still trying to learn how. When the show debuted in 1968, Mr. Rogers wore a button-up sweater. And then in the second season, he kind of mixed his sweater collection with some zip-up sweaters. The zip-up sweaters were much easier to put on except for me, (laughs) and they didn't rub against the microphone. In the earliest of the uh, episodes, at one time when he was still wearing the button-up sweaters, he buttoned them wrong, and they were all crooked. And uh, the director said that they could retake that scene, and Mr. Rogers said, no, I don't want to retake it, I want to leave it. Because I want to show the children that even adults have a hard time buttoning up their sweaters and their shirts. Well, the movie starring Tom Hanks playing the role of Mr. Rogers was very powerful in capturing the spirit of that man. Tom Hanks says he must have watched 8 million episodes of the Mr. Rogers neighborhood ...trying to learn his mannerisms and to give the best portrayal possible. Tom Hanks says that he doesn't look anything like Mr. Rogers... ...and the director of the movie told him, well, we'll give you a wig... ...and we'll try to do something with your eyebrows, but the rest is up to you. And uh, then, as Tom Hanks was interviewed in this uh, particular episode of PBS... He began to think about that sweater. And he said about that sweater that Mr. Rogers wore that it was kind of like a suit of armor. And he says, I mean, Batman looks like Batman when he puts on that cape and cowl. So when we put on the sweater of Mr. Rogers, maybe we look like Mr. Rogers. Maybe we act like Mr. Rogers. Maybe somehow the spirit of Mr. Rogers is in us when we put something on us. Clothing as a metaphor is something that Paul writes about in the Christian scripture. He says in Romans 13, 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 24, put on the new self. Or maybe in the words of Carl Jung, the uh, true self as opposed to the false self. Put on, he writes to the Colossians, compassion, put on kindness and humility, put on gentleness and patience. And that Greek word, put on, literally means to just sink into the garment. Uh, I've worn some clothes in my heavier days that look like they... I was poured into that thing. It was so tight. And then I saw in the news just a couple days ago, there was some model who at a fashion show had a dress spray painted onto her. It was just, she literally became one almost with that garment. To sink into a garment is the idea Put on the sweater of Mr. Rogers, and can we transform into Mr. Rogers when we do that? Put on these characteristics of love and kindness. And I've discovered that when I put on the things of Jesus, the result is similar to putting on the sweater of Mr. Rogers and becoming like Mr. Rogers too. The idea of putting something on tells us at least this. That you and I, when we stand in front of our closet, most of us have choices to make. Most of us try to determine what in the world are we going to wear today. (laughs) One study shows that the average American will spend in a lifetime 287 days Deciding what to wear. We spend almost an entire year of our life standing in front of our closet deciding what to wear. So my question is, how long do I take deciding what attitudes to wear today? And what behaviors to wear today? As I look at the behaviors of Jesus and the behaviors and the attitudes of Mr. Rogers... And as I aspire to be like both of them, to be like one seems to be, in some sense, to be like the other as well. If I'm going to be like Jesus, Paul says, to put on kindness. Mr. Rogers was the epitome of kindness. Mr. Rogers was really disturbed when people were made fun of. He writes this, I got into television because I saw people throwing pies at each other's faces. Those of us who are of a certain age will remember those soupy sales shows and those kinds of things where that was the uh, comedy. And that to me was such demeaning behavior. And if there's anything that bothers me, it's one person demeaning another that really makes me mad. What does a mad Mr. Rogers look like? <laughs> <laughs> this conviction of Mr. Rogers may have come from his own experience. Fred Rogers grew up very shy, struggling with a lot of childhood illnesses, and he struggled with weight. One day at school, it was a surprise that school was let out early, and so his parents were not able to come pick him up. And so Fred Rogers had to walk the ten blocks home. As he was walking home, he heard footsteps behind him that were picking up speed. He began running as he heard voices along with those footsteps growing louder and more ominous. The voices came from a group of boys that had been teasing Fred For weeks and weeks prior to that, pounding feet and cruel words were echoing in little Fred's ears as the footsteps and the voices got closer and louder, closer and louder. Much to little Fred's relief, he approached a house where he knew the people who lived in that house and he darted inside. And he found refuge. The people in that house called Fred's parents. And they made arrangements when getting off work to come to that house and pick them up. Something in that experience of that little boy brought out the spirit of Mr. Rogers. Identifying with teasing and fear. And not feeling liked and valued and worthy. And little Fred heard that day what he had heard so many times from his grandfather Freddie, you made this day a special day for me just by being you. And that became his mantra, that became his medicine. That became his soul food. Mr. Rogers, when I put on his sweater, when I put on the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to be kind. Put on kindness, Paul writes. That's a quality of Jesus and of Mr. Rogers. Secondly, I think when we put on Mr. Rogers' sweater, we are going to see each other as a neighbor That was one of his favorite words and descriptives for people. He knew that this word, neighbor, was a biblical word. The Hebrew scripture tells us, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus tells one of the most popular stories. Almost everyone knows the story of the Good Samaritan. And the essence of the story of the Good Samaritan is to describe to us... What a neighbor is and who a neighbor is. And in the story that Jesus told, the most surprising character in his story ended up to be the most neighborly character. The one who was the other. The enemy of the audience. When Mr. Rogers called us neighbor. And when he invited us into his neighborhood. For over 30 years, he was calling us very gently but firmly out of our structures of power, our silos of segregation, our systems of superiority over other groups into a life as we put on his sweater and live in his neighborhood where the values are caring for each other and loving each other and seeing all people as worthy into lives of mercy and compassion. Tomorrow is in some places uh, celebrated as Columbus Day. Other places it is celebrated as Indigenous Peoples Day. I want us to think about that a little bit today as we think about neighbors Last week, we talked a little bit about the Rwanda genocide in 1994. How would you feel to know that the United States of America has its own history of genocide? Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King, Jr. said our nation was born in genocide. We are perhaps the only nation which tried as a matter of national policy to wipe out its indigenous population. Moreover, we elevated that tragic experience into a noble crusade. We did it for God. We did it for country. Travel with me to the state of California. It was home to the Yokut and went to peoples for thousands and thousands of years, and then stepped in this man, Peter Burnett, the first governor of California. Not only did Governor Burnett attempt to pass laws that would prevent black people from coming in to the state, Governor Burnett authorized and orchestrated the most documented Acts of genocide in North America. He armed local militias and sanctioned them and sanctioned their behavior of their plan to exterminate the entire, not just some, but the entire indigenous population of California. Five dollars a scalp. Men, women, and children were hunted by these members of the militia, just like they, as if they were animals. The indigenous population of California fell in 27 years from 150,000 to 30,000 because of the acts of Governor Burnett and those agreed with him. It's very obvious, isn't it, that Governor Burnett did not see indigenous people as neighbors. He saw them as less than himself, less than human, which unfortunately is found in our own most treasured documents Our country's most treasured documents, the Declaration of Independence, refers to the indigenous people as savages, merciless savages. So what do you do with merciless savages? Well, you fear them and you try to get rid of them. I want us to know that when people are seen as less than human, it opens the door to mistreatment, opens the door to abuse, to rape, to attempted extermination. And the reason we have had in our country, and still do, prejudice and segregation and discrimination and the mistreatment of people is because how we see them. Mr. Rogers called us as Jesus calls us in this great story of the Good Samaritan to see people that we think are our enemies to be our neighbors. That was the whole point of Jesus' story. Then he kind of adds this, it's those people who see All people as neighbors who inherit eternal life. He goes on, Mr. Rogers does and teaches us to treat each other as worthy to be loved, worthy to be heard. That was a deep down conviction of Mr. Rogers that everyone, no matter who you are, is worthy of love and valuable. Smack in the middle of when his show was a modest success in the early 70s, Hallmark invited Mr. Rogers to collaborate on a Christmas display at their flagship store in Midtown Manhattan. So he went to New York to check it out and other celebrities had been asked to participate. And they had these very elaborate designs uh, planning uh, for these uh, window displays. So, Mr. Rogers went back to his home in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he designed his own window display. His design was this, a little pine tree about the size of a three or four foot tall child that was planted and placed in a see-through plexiglass cubicle thing. That would show the roots of that tree. So all of the onlookers could, lookers could see the roots of that tree. And then he put alongside that display these words. I like you just the way you are. Hallmark accepted it. And there in the middle of all these bright lights. And uh, ornately. Uh, decorated displays was this display of Mr. Rogers, a bare tree with the words, I like you the way you are. You could be that bare tree. I could be that bare tree. And we feel so less than when we're comparing ourselves to all the fancy trees around us but the message of Mr. Rogers and the message of love and the message of God is to you today and to me, I like you just the way you are. Mr. Rogers didn't march against Jim Crow. He didn't march in Selma in support of integration What he did instead was to hire black people to be on his show. What he did instead was to set up a little pool, waiting pool, and to share that pool with a gay black actor who was playing the role of Officer Clemens and with him to share his towel. We need Mr. Rogers. We can't have Mr. Rogers because he's gone in body. He's here in spirit. And I want you to leave today knowing that you can be Mr. Rogers. You can create the very same neighborhood that he created. You can put on the sweater. You can put on love. And you can be that to people. And I can too. Let's help each other do that. And let's be a place in this community. Where everyone knows. That neighborhood. Called the venues. Is where I feel. Loved. And I know. I am valued. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Have a really good week. And know this. From the bottom of my heart, I like you. And I like you just the way you are.